After all, if you were married to a private detective, would you let him take a case involving a dangerously beautiful woman who wants a divorce? The National Broadcasting Company presents The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Mandel Kramer as Pat and Jean Abbott, those popular characters of detective fiction created by Francis Crane. NBC invites you to join Pat and Jean each week at this time for an exciting recorded adventure in romance and crime. Now here is Claudia Morgan as Jean Abbott to set the stage for tonight's puzzle in murder. Along San Francisco's amazing, twisted, angular streets, many weird characters come marching into my husband, Pat Abbott's office. Some of them march, that is. Others kind of um, slide in as though they were hiding from something. The beefy gentleman who came to Pat's office this time was Walter Phillips. Phillips marched in, all right. Very cold, very sure of himself. Well, Mr. Abbott, <clears throat> you've been trailing my wife? Yes, Mr. Phillips. You found uh, grounds for divorce? She's an exquisite woman, Mr. Phillips. Those green eyes. Murder. Suppose we dispense with the relevances. You took this case I and, took uh... it reluctantly. You see, divorce cases are a bit messy for my taste, but the fee... Well, income taxes hit me hard. You're and, stalling, uh... Abbott. Now, what's on your mind? I'm stalling because I don't relish these things. I've been half-tempted to return your fee and skip the case. And what have you decided... My wife wants a new fur coat for next fall, so uh, she decided. Well, tell me what you know, then. Your wife's been seeing some man. But I could have told you that. Is that what you demand a big fee to tell me? Do you know who the man is? Well, well, who is he? You've heard of a gambler, Julian Stewart? You mean... Mm -hmm. That's it. You're not only lazy and insolent and reluctant to take the case, you're lying. I have all the details right here. The times, dates, addresses, nightclubs, theater tickets. You want to see the file? Yes. It is. Hmm. The little romance has been going on for about uh, three months. Well, I, I find it difficult to believe. Perhaps. Now, uh, last week, your wife... My uh, wife went to Los Angeles to see her mother last week. That's very touching. You want to know the facts? Take a look at this. Well, where did you get this picture? That was taken last Saturday at the Santa Anita racetrack. Well, it's, it's Rita, all right. And the man with her? I've, uh, I've done you an injustice, Mr. Abbott. It is Julian Stewart. You satisfied now? Perfectly. Good. Now, if you'll uh, sign a complaint, I'll arrange for an attorney to have her served within the next few hours. You're being a bit hasty, Mr. Abbott. I'm afraid I shall have to ask you to desist. I don't understand. You came to my office recently in a state of rage. You were incredibly upset. You hired me to get evidence. When I married Rita, I vowed to love and to cherish her till death do us part. I'm afraid you'll have a long wait, Mr. Phillips. Unless somebody hurries up at death. Yes, yes. Unless that happens, Mr. Abbott. Mr. Phillips, if you've the remotest notion of revenge, of uh, doing away with your wife, I would warn you now to dismiss it from your mind. Even if the notion is just that and no more, get rid of it. You're a well-known, very successful, intelligent man, full of self-confidence. You'd probably think you could get away with it. That kind of self-confidence will destroy you. Perhaps, Mr. Abbott, perhaps. Good day, sir. 
You'll uh, hear from me. Good day, Mr. Phillips. Jean, come in. Oh, Pat, he looked very distracted. He should be, darling. His wife's two-timing him. He getting the divorce? He doesn't want it now. Got good grounds? Well, that depends. What's good grounds? Oh, many things. Like a wife whose husband's so busy being a private detective, he never romances her anymore. Hmm. Well, come here. I'll fix that. I like San Francisco better than Reno anyway. At the Abbott's household, everything was very smooth. At the Phillips palatial mansion outside San Francisco, it was very rough. Walter Phillips had gone from Pat's office directly to his wife's luxurious bedroom. Walter, darling, I didn't think you'd be home this early. Well, I felt I'd been neglecting you, sweetheart. Well, haven't I, Rita? Why, no. It's awfully nice of you to take that attitude, Rita. But let's face it, I haven't given you one-tenth of the attention you deserve. However, from now on, things are going to be different. Are they? You won't have to visit your mother in Los Angeles for lack of something better to do. Well, incidentally, how is your mother? I've, I've neglected to ask. Oh, why, why, she's just fine, Walter. Well, that's nice. Uh, how did she like the races? The races? Santa Anita. I wasn't there. <laughs> Funny. I ran into one of my friends today, and he was positive he saw you at the track. Oh, uh, well, one day uh, Mother was busy, uh, so I did go to Santa Anita. You never mentioned it to me. I didn't think you'd care. But, Rita, everything you do interests me. Incidentally, when do you hear from Julian Stewart? Julian? Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't seen him in weeks. Really, darling? Yes, the, the last time I saw him was uh, mm, three or four weeks ago. You remember, we were all at the 84 Club. You haven't seen him since? No. You're uh, lying, sweetheart. Now, listen, Walter. If there's one thing I detest, it's a liar. <laughs> oh, I... I'm sorry. I hope I didn't hurt you, my... My nerves, I'm rather tense and anxious these days. Get Business. out of this room, Walter. But I said I was sorry. I must have lost my head. As you know, Rita, if you're not careful, you may lose yours, darling. Rita, of course, was lying right in her pretty teeth. She underestimated Walter. After the little quiz program with her husband, she dashed off to see Julian Stewart. It was an out-of-the-way place, and Julian Stewart had purposely selected a dark corner. What happened, Rita? Julian, it's awful. Oh, don't spoil those gorgeous eyes and tears, Rita. I said, what happened? What happened, Rita? My arm, you're hurting me. It isn't the first time you were hurt today, is it? I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you wearing that veil over your face? No, don't, Julian. Ah, quite a shiner. Who did it? Answer me. Walter. Why? He knows about us. Who told him? I don't know. Julian, I'm going to get a divorce. Don't be ridiculous. But you said... I said a lot of things. The fact remains, your husband's a very rich man. If you divorce him, where do you think you'd wind up? We'll get by. Oh, you don't know me very well, do you, baby? I don't want to just get by. There's no fun in that. But what can we do? Suppose Walter was to have an accident. You're not serious. Now, listen to me, honey. 
You don't have to starve the rest of your life. Not when you can have everything in the world all for your very own. I don't want to hear any more about it. You shouldn't divorce him. You'd be a sap. But he's very much in the way, isn't he? And if he dies under what looks like very legitimate circumstances, you collect, no? You're crazy. Am I? Think a minute. I'm telling you, Rita, it's a snap. Nobody would suspect a thing. Now, listen. Walter keeps a lot of heavy cash in the house, doesn't he? Yes. Then what could be more natural than for a burglar to pay him a visit? Julian, please. Now, 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 look. Julian, we Then can't... they won't work for three or four hours, but once he falls asleep, he's good for the night. And as soon as he goes off, you start tearing the house apart. When you finish... Yes? Use this. No. All you have to do is pull the trigger once your troubles are over, then. It's stupid. We'll be caught. We'll hang for it. We won't enjoy one more sane and happy and normal minute together. But he won't even know what hit him. I positively won't do it. Okay, baby. If that's how you feel. Where are you going? I'm leaving. Obviously, I don't mean anything to you. That isn't true, Julian. I'd do anything in the world for you. Then prove it. All right. Give me the gun. Yes. Hi, Rita. Carl. In person. Well, haven't you got a kiss for your ever-loving brother? Carl, what are you doing here? I, I thought I'd run over from San Diego and pay you a visit. Why didn't you let me know? I wanted to surprise you. But tonight, of all nights, I... But what's wrong with tonight? You can put me up for the evening, can't you? No. You'll have to go to a hotel. In this 20-room mansion? I don't get it. I... Oh. You and Walter having trouble again? Don't talk like an idiot. Well, why are you so nervous? Oh, because you pop in here like, like this was a boarding house or a motel. How do you know I didn't make other plans for the night? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now, calm down. It isn't that important. <laughs> I'm upset, Carl. Have you got a cigarette? No, I'm just fresh up. Oh, there's a pack in my bag. Uh, this one? Never mind, I'll get it. All right, I've already got it. These gals carry messes. Uh, give me that bag. Rita, what were you going to do with this? I said this? give me that bag. Whose gun is this? None Rita? of your business. Well, I think it is. What were you doing with this gun? I told you it's none of your business. All right, but you can't stop me from guessing. Now, let me tell you one thing, my fine, high-class, reputable sister. You're a very beautiful woman. Irresistible to most men, I guess, and very clever. But you'll never get away with murder, Rita. Practically nobody ever does. You're smart, so just keep remembering. The odds are all stacked against you. What's up, honey? We can't do it tonight. Why not? My brother, Carl, came to town. He knows everything. He what? I couldn't help it. I forgot myself for a moment. He found the gun, Julian. So what? I've got another. Now, look, Rita. You made up your mind. It's tonight or never. But with Carl in the house, it isn't safe. Oh, forget it. Go to sleep. When you wake up, it'll be all over. What are you going to do? Never mind what I'm going to do. Forget it. Don't worry about it. What you don't know will never hurt you. Just leave it to Julian. Julian. 
right, Jean. I've got an hour. Let's have that lunch. Darling, as usual, lunch with your wife will have to be skipped. Hmm? There's a man outside to see you. Saw him as I came in. Oh, who is it? Says his name is Carl Rainey. Well, send him in and read a magazine in the ante room, darling. I won't be long. Last time you said that, I didn't see you for two months. I swear. All right. On one condition, though. You must tell me what Rainey wants. Darling, a private detective who has ethics does not tell his Most wife... private detectives don't have such trusting, loyal, intelligent... Talkative, time-wasting wives. Now get out and send him in. Fresh. <laughs> Step in, Mr. Rainey. Thank you. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Rainey? I'd like to know how to go about having a person legally committed. Well, that's easy. You go to a lawyer, not a detective. I want someone committed to an insane asylum. Well, then you also need a psychiatrist to examine whoever this is. Well, you see, my sister, uh, she's the one... I'm very sorry. The case doesn't seem to concern a private detective. You're in the wrong office. You want me to recommend a good attorney? I... I just don't know what I really want, I guess. You see, my sister Rita, Rita Phillips... No detective is qualified. Rita Phillips? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, sit right down again, chum. Your brother-in-law came to see me just this morning. What did he want? Oh, we can skip that. That would be divulging a client's conversation. Well, would you help me? Probably not. The whole pitch you've made doesn't sound legit to me. I don't like clients with phony answers. Look, I'm leveling, Mr. Abbott. You've got to believe me. All right, go ahead. Let's try it on for size. I missed lunch with Pat, of course. He went breezing out with Carl Rainey and... I dined alone. Pat was obviously getting deeper into a case he had little relish for. Maybe dangerously deep. Now, look, Rainey, we've been driving around for over an hour. Where are we going? I'm taking you to my sister's house. You told me that, but where does she live? Mexico City? Oh, now, listen, Abbott. No, you try doing a little listening just for a change. You know, this ride hasn't been a total loss. I've been doing a little thinking. Have you? Mm Mm-hmm. Your sister is playing around with a man named Julian Stewart. That's a lie. Now, you know better. So you must have come to my office for only one reason. You want to establish the fact that she's not responsible in case anything should happen. What are you talking about? Well, let's assume, just for the sake of argument, that your sister commits a murder. I, uh, guess I hit the jackpot, hmm? What are you stopping here for? I want to hear every word of this. Go on, Abbott. You were saying? I was saying merely that if your sister Rita murdered someone, it would be awfully helpful if you could prove that you had consulted a responsible person before having her committed to an insane asylum. A jury, in that case, might never find her guilty of murder in the first degree. Hmm? There'd be considerable question about her sanity that casts extreme doubt on convicting her. She did not know, as they say in uh, legal psychiatry, the nature and quality of her act. That gets us into the intriguing area of lunacy and homicide. And that's quite a clever theory, Abbott. It's more than just that, Rainey. It's your gimmick. And it's in operation. Suppose it is. What do you propose to do about it? Give the victim ample notice. I thought I understood an ethical private detective's dealings with his clients are confidential. Not in this case. You don't sit idly by and watch a man get killed. Suppose you were a psychiatrist. A man comes to you and swears he's going to commit murder. Very convincingly. You going to keep quiet about it? I hardly think so. You'd warn the victim. 
There's a point where ethics becomes impractical, no? Well, just a second. Stay in the car. Where do you think you're going? Put away that gun, Rainey. That won't stop me. I said, where are you going? I'm going to call your brother-in-law, Mr. Walter Phillips, out of common, ordinary decency and tell him that somebody's planning to kill him. Okay. So the gun won't work. Maybe something else will. It usually does. How about a, a thousand, Abbott? Are you kidding? Three thousand, cash. We'll go to my apartment. Get it now. I'm not for sale, chum. You tried the wrong gambit again. <laughs> You're a tough customer. I'm afraid nothing will help me except maybe... Pleasant dreams, Mr. Abbott. All right, Pat. Take a swig of this. <coughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's enough. Oh, go on, darling. It won't hurt you. Oh. Where am I, Jean? On a cot, dear, in the police station. Police? How'd I get here? Prowl car picked you up in the park around two this morning. Oh, my head. Yes, your head's right. The doctor worked quite a while on that noggin of yours. What happened, Pat? Rainey threw me a curve. Carl Rainey? Mm-hmm. Darling, remember when he came to my office and we had to skip eating together? Mm, he a client to make a deal with it? Well, sort of. Mm. Well, you better get a new lead on this case. Why? He stayed at his sister's house last night. A burglar walked in and... Yes? What'd the burglar do? He blew Carl Rainey's brains out. Well, are you Julian Stewart? Who wants to know? I do. Who are you? I'm a private detective. The name's Pat Abbott. I don't remember inviting you over. Well, I have an irritating habit of showing up without an invitation. Never mind the gags, Abbott. Please, you'll have to be gentle with me. My head hurts. What's in your mind, Abbott? A man named Carl Rainey retained me to have his sister, Rita Phillips, committed to an insane asylum. He what? You heard me. He was afraid she'd commit murder. He's a screwball kid. He was just fooling. Now, if he was, pal, the joke's on him. He was just murdered. Why did you come here? Well, it occurred to me that the killer might have mistaken him for Rita's husband, Walter Phillips. They were both approximately the same size, and Rainey was killed at his brother-in-law's house. What does Phillips say? I haven't had a chance to talk to him as yet. First, though, I want to know why you were gunning for him. Look, friend, why don't you be as smart as you like people to think you are? Why don't you keep your nose clean? Shut up and go back to your two-bit office and find some lost dogs and pocketbooks. I like this much better. But you won't like it much here if you stick around. Now get out. Okay, Mr. Stewart. I uh, may be back, though. Gee, I don't know if I can wait. You try gags, too, don't you? And next time, give me a little notice. You look like such good company, I might want you to meet some of my friends. Rita, this is Julian. What do you want? Was a Pat Abbott over to see you? No. He probably will be. And we've got to get together before it happens. Why? Don't be stupid. So we can cook up a story. I don't want to see you, Julian. That's funny. You never felt that way before? I do now. You murdered my brother. Shut up! You killed Carl! Now listen. I'll be over to see you in 20 minutes. And if you know what's good for you, you'll be waiting. 
you going to see Mrs. Phillips for? The police have already talked to her. My hunch, Jean, is that she knows more about this murder than she's let on. Rainey's death was probably an accident. The intended victim was Walter Phillips. You think this is another Snyder Gray case? Your guess is as good as mine. Are the police protecting Phillips? He's on his way to Chicago to attend a director's meeting. Took the train at 4.30. Well, how do you know? Got it from his secretary. And uh, if that's not enough, I also talked to the red cap who put him on the train. Is this the house? Mm-hmm. Careful now. Do you think she'll talk to you alone? She'd better. She will. You're the uh, persuasive type. When my wife's with me, I'm persuasive? That's why she's with you. <laughs> there are all kinds of persuasion a man can use in a woman, and some of them I don't like. Oh, darling, maybe we're wasting time. Doesn't seem to be anybody home. Hmm. Okay, then. I have to open the door. With what? I've got keys. How? Oh, I've got ways, too. Locksmiths in the neighborhood. Servants. Here we go. Pat. Pat, this is housebreaking. Oh, I'm on police business, my dear girl. I'm trying to solve one murder and stop another one. Man's life is at stake. Here we are. This one doesn't. Oh. Lovely home, I... Pat, look. Where? End of the foyer. Is that Rita Phillips on the floor? Yes, it is. Well, what's wrong with her? That's the late Rita Phillips, Jean. She's dead. Did you call the police? Yes, they're coming right over. I want a closer look at Rita. She's obviously beaten to death. The killer's weapon smashed that watch she had on, you see? Yes, it stopped at exactly half past four. We're in this deep, sweetheart. I wish somebody else had found this body. Why? Because we're not impartial witnesses anymore. We're mixed up in it, but good. Pat, where are you going? The prowl car will be here in a second. You wait out front for them and tell them what happened. I'm going over to see Julian Stewart. There might never be a better time. Yes? Hello, Mr. Stewart. I said I might be back. And I said I didn't want you back. I threw you out once. Do I have to do it again? Where were you at 4.30 this afternoon? Why? That happens to be the time Rita Phillips was murdered. Are you kidding? No, I don't waste time playing games, Mr. Stewart. Didn't you know she'd been killed? Better answer that door first. Come in. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Walter Phillips. What are you doing here, Abbott? This is most inopportune. That's a masterpiece of understatement, Phillips. Your secretary told me you were on your way to Chicago. Also, I spoke to a red Yes, I was on the train, but I got off after a few stops. I suddenly remembered that I had unfinished business here. Mm -hmm. Shall I guess what it was? Can you? Sure. You were going to kill Mr. Stewart here. You're quite right. Now, tell me, in your expert opinion, would a jury convict me? You're crazy. I don't think so, Stewart. Especially when I'm sure Rita will give evidence in my behalf. Now you're wrong. Your wife won't testify. I know her better, my friend. Yes, but obviously you haven't seen her lately. She's been murdered. What? She's... Rita's been... Oh, no. Yes, it's true. I'm sorry. 
I just came from your apartment. You're, you're lying. I hardly think so. Who did it? I was just going to ask Mr. Stewart about that, but suppose we ask you first. Me? Why? Because you're the most obvious suspect. Your wife was playing you for a chump. And a man like you would never take that lying down. That, that's a ridiculous assumption. It would never hold water. Well, then you shouldn't mind supplying all the evidence for the alibi, should you? At 4.30 this afternoon, I was in the dining car aboard train 707. Now, if you'll permit me... Oh, why? Oh. Give me that gun. Oh, uh, certainly. Certainly, Mr. Abbott. There you are. Oh, don't waste time examining Julian Stewart. I'm an excellent shot. I shan't fight you at all, as you can see. I handed you my gun. Any jury will agree I had ample justification to kill him. Surely. And I will go scot-free. Maybe. There's just two other items. You also killed your wife and Carl Rainey. I, 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 what? In those instances, Mr. Phillips, the jury will believe me, not you. Okay, Pat, start bragging. I never brag, darling. <laughs> Imagine, after all I did for Walter Phillips, he goes on a maniac murder hunt. Well, tell me why he killed Carl Rainey. Well, that's easy. That was to frame Julian Stewart. You see, Rainey and Phillips were about the same size. When Rainey was murdered, it looked like an attempt by Stewart that had boomeranged. Only the uh, police couldn't make it stick. So, being a man with purpose, Phillips then went on to murder number two. His wife? Mm-hmm. His wife. The lovely, green-eyed, would-be divorcee. Oh, she was really... Yes, darling, well, never mind what she was. Uh, just uh, explain the case, you wolf. <laughs> well, you see, the police couldn't help but believe then that Stewart had killed Carl Rainey by accident and then uh, done away with Rita to uh, shut her mouth. Yes, Pat, but well, what put you on the right track? Well, Phillips pretended the murder of his wife was news to him. Yet, without ever being told when she died, he was ready with his alibi for the exact time. I see, but didn't she die at 4.30? Mm-mm. No? No, no, of course not. Phillips killed her around 2. Then he set the hands of her watch ahead. Oh, darling, nice going. You understand it all now? Yes, I, uh... I understand everything but one part of it. Oh, and that was? Those green eyes of hers. Pat. Mm-hmm. Did they really flip you more than than mine? Well, I... Uh... Or is uh, your wife just a worn piece of merchandise lying on a shelf somewhere? Oh, that reminds me. Reminds you of what? Come here. Closer, closer, much closer. <laughs> that's better. Oh, tired stock, that's what I am. Property you take for granted. That. Hmm? Why are you looking at the calendar? The date. Speaking of property, it's time to take inventory. National Broadcasting Company has presented The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Mandel Kramer as those popular personalities of detective fiction, Pat and Jean Abbott, created by Francis Crane.
The cast included Louis Van Ruten, Nancy Sheridan, and Chester Stratton. The Adventures of the Abbots was written by Howard Merrill. Original music composed and conducted by Dewey Bergman. Produced by Ted Lloyd and Bernard L. Schubert. Directed and recorded by Harry Frazee. This is Wayne Howell speaking. Next week, same time, same station. Another exciting adventure in crime with Pat and Jean. In The Adventures of the Abbots. Adventures of the Abbots has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>